Hello, and welcome to today's podcast of Heart Investors. My name is Brian Meshkin, and I'm privileged to host this podcast. Today, we're honored to have as our guest, Pierre Maitanese, the CEO of Narara Biotech. Welcome, Pierre, to Heart Investors podcast. Hi, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm from my car today, but you know, in this new world where we get to be very mobile with things, hopefully the recording will be clear. Well, thanks, Pierre, for joining us. Let me uh, to Pierre's horn a little bit here and introduce our guests, and then we'll get into some questions. Pierre is the co-founder and CEO of an innovative brain-computer interface startup called Narara Biotech, which is based in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. As an international company, Narara will revolutionize brain mapping, brain surgeries, and neuromodulation to the benefit of patients and their families who have various neurodegenerative conditions. They've created a next generation sensor and electrode platform that connects to a data services model that is really going to do some incredible things. He previously founded a B2C healthcare community platform. He's consulted in the medical device industry, and he's even worked in collaboration with the National Research Council of Canada. Pierre is a scientist by training. He's got a doctorate in biomedical engineering from the University of Calgary, and he got his master's in human factors, cognitive engineering, and user interaction um, from his school back in France, where he is originally from. Uh, but before we get started, as always, as we do on our podcast, we want to give a quick shout out uh, to one of our uh, sponsors, Cancer Fund. If you've ever donated to Cancer Research Foundation in the hopes of helping stop cancer, then you may want to learn more about how to invest in Cancer Fund. Cancer Fund is a community of people sharing a passion to change the future of cancer now. They believe that innovation is the key to improving cancer prevention, diagnosis, intervention, and outcomes. And they're committed to helping promising solutions get from the lab to patients so they can impact lives. They support promising developments in their earliest stages where financial support can make the difference between a great research idea and a breakthrough in cancer care. Why would someone invest $500 or more in Cancer Fund? Basically to help cancer patients, survivors, and at-risk individuals fund those promising cancer therapies, diagnostics, and preventions, and possibly even generate a wonderful return on your investment. I've been inspired by the team at Cancer Fund and recently joined them as a venture partner. To learn more about investing into Cancer Fund, or if you're looking for investment into your early stage company that is looking to make a positive impact for cancer patients, please visit www.cancerfund.com. All right, well, now that we got the ad out of the way, Pierre, let's jump in and talk a little bit more about Narara. It's obviously a company I'm very excited about as a point of disclosure. Um, I do advise the company and Profound Ventures has an equity stake in Narara Biotech Inc. But as I do with all of our guests, Pierre, I always wanna start off with the question of what inspired you to start this social impact venture? Yeah, absolutely, Brian. And you know, like, I think what inspired me also, what uh, keeps me up uh, every day and what brings me out of bed. You know, I was doing my PhD in the field of neuromodulation and, and brain implants. Um, I realized that we had issues in understanding the data we were collecting from the brain. And, you know, I was very nerdy scientist in the lab, spending a lot of time doing experiments. Um, but really, at some point, one of my childhood friends, uh, where I grew up, uh, ended up being refractory to medications. Uh, so what it means is that she had seizures for a very long time. Uh, they were controlled with medication in her mid-20s. Drugs were simply not working anymore. And that is actually the case for like, you know, a third of epileptic patients. It's massive. Now, she was stuck in the bed for days on end. Uh, they collected tons of data from her, you know, recorded brain activity for 10 days. And at the end, they came to my friend, Nicole, and said, Nicole, we still don't know what is happening with you. We have no idea. 
And we think oh that- Oh my gosh, so let me, let me clarify that, Pierre. So they, she went into the hospital and she was in the hospital for how long? 10 days, continuously recording. And she's hooked up to something for 10 days in the hospital? To a 30 foot cable stuck in a bed. She can't even get out of the room. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. I just wanted to clarify that. So like imagine, right? Like she's like desperate to finally figure out what is happening with her. And the doctors come to you and say, sorry, we don't know. And you know, you 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 just went full hell in like doing this 10 days. Um, I mean, think about the cost for the healthcare system as well. And so so Pierre, let me get this straight. So 10 days of hospitalization, I can't imagine how much that costs. Uh, that clearly is like buying a house. Um, in the hospital, in a hospital bed, attached to cables that are attached to her brain, you said? Yeah, absolutely. And, af and after all of that effort and all of that money and all of that time and all of that risk, they had no idea what was going on. Exactly. Wow. Okay. And when you think about it, like imagine, imagine on the other side, right? You're a doctor. You have spent, what, 10, 15 years of your life training to be there. And you are obviously very well educated, but you don't have access to the data that actually tells you what to do with your patient. It's like being on the front line as, as a soldier and being sent there without a weapon. It's, you know, heartbreaking. There's just nothing they can do. And so when I look at the data they, they, they collected from my friend Nicole, I realized, well, no wonder they don't know what's happening because the data crap. They basically look at noisy data all the time and they can't actually figure out within these recordings what the brain is actually telling them. And so went back to the lab, we basically uh, realized that, you know, in the last 20 years, people had focused on developing new software for machine learning and AI. But the truth is when you feed one of these algorithms with garbage in, you're gonna get garbage out. And so we went back to the fundamentals of how do we actually build better sensors? It's like building a better stethoscope for the heart, right? And so we developed those sensors. And then at the end of my PhD, you know, I had a few opportunities to work in, in different fields of like business and strategy consulting. But I realized that if I was not doing anything with those sensors or with that technology we developed, we will never impact a patient's life. And then I just didn't want to live with that regret. I didn't want to like move forward in life knowing that I had maybe something that will save thousands of patients' life, but not actually push it forward. And so this is really how Neuro got created. You know, we joined an accelerator and then the, the rest is history. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think, as I've said so many times, I think one of the most admirable things you can do when you go through a difficult situation or you see someone you care about, like this friend, Nicole, go through a difficult situation is to try to do something to give that tragedy or that difficult situation meaning. And I think sometimes that is either trying to help people going through a similar situation or try to prevent people from going through that situation. And it seems that's exactly what you've done here with Pierre. So, so thank you for sharing Absolutely. that. Absolutely, um, yeah. So now at the stage you are with the company, you know, I know you've raised in some capital, you've got studies going on, you're going to be filing with the FDA. There's a lot of exciting things happening. Um, and I, and I believe you brought in some heart investors uh, into, into Narara. And so I, I'm interested in, Having you maybe explain to folks, um, you know, what has make you know what makes a heart investor different than other investors in your company, or maybe how do you engage with heart investors, or how are they involved in ways that are different than a typical investor? Yeah, good question. And I think really from the early stage, we had like early in investors that you know were investing the, with the heart. 
um, they were interested into improving the community, improving healthcare, and helping patients. And you know, they like many others, uh, we do have people in our family that are affected by neurological conditions, and they thought they just you know wanted to be part of something that will help. I guess the, the, the way that they interact differently with the company is usually that they are much more engaged. Um, they are really not afraid to tell us the things sometimes that even we don't want to hear, but they're just like so, and they're so passionate by it that, that they want to have an impact and they want to support the growth of the company. Um, no, they, it's not only the company, I think it's also the founders and the team that uh, is behind the company. They understand the struggles and, and they really want to be part of that uh, force for good. They, they don't accept the status quo as well, right? It's like for them, it's not only about financial investment from you know, a, a financial return down the line. They, they want to be, give back to the world. They want to give back to the community and, and be part of that future uh, that they want to see. They simply don't accept the status quo. What is some of the background of, of some of these hard investors that you've brought in? Oh my God, like so many diverse backgrounds. Uh, some of them are real estate, some of them are into medical side, some of them are more into the financial side, but all of them actually can help the company in different ways. You know, like real estate, for example, we do need to build uh, some infrastructure around what we are doing because we need a clean room facility. We need equipments to store things here and there. You know, they, they, they can help us on figuring out our logistic with real estate. And then we do have also, of course, doctors that are interested to invest in and investing in what they're doing because they see those problems every single day with their patients and just, just like tired of living in a system that is actually not providing them with the tools that they need to uh, treat them. Uh, for these doctors, you know, they are always very excited to be part of the studies we want to, to run, the IRB protocols, understanding procurement system in hospitals, making sure that we design the software properly, that the interface is, is clear, et cetera, et cetera. Very cool. And so in thinking about them, the technology and the impact with doctors and patients, how do you see Neurar changing the lives of patients with neurological disorders and the doctors who are treating them? Yeah, so we're actually starting with uh, epilepsy as a primary focus. Um, epilepsy is one of those diseases right now that, you know, is it, not really well understood at all. Like every patient is slightly different. There are seizures happening in different parts of the brain. Um, as I mentioned, a third of the patients are refractory to medication. But what is very interesting with epilepsy is that there's a surgical process that can be done. And this surgery is often actually the medically proven best option for many of those patients who are refractory to medications. And by being able to treat those patients first, what that allows us to do is also to access brain data. And the data that we can collect from those patients actually can inform us on also how to treat other type of neurological conditions. So really, I think what we are doing at Neura is uncovering what is happening in the brain and provides you know, different stakeholders, different type of informations. Again, using the epileptic operations. If you think about clinicians, we can provide them with the, the relevant and meaningful data so they can better diagnose and treat the patients. They can measure outcome and transform the standard of brain care. For pharma company, we can basically provide objective measures on how drugs affect the brain. If you think about it today, if you're a neurologist and you see a patient's coming to you, you basically not try drug on the patients, but you don't really know how the drugs are affecting the patient's brain. You're basically trying and figuring out you know, what works and what doesn't work. With the data we collect, we can actually measure objectively what's happening in the brain. And then for medical device manufacturers, neuroimplant manufacturers, the knowledge on where to implant electrodes for neuromodulation, for example, 
building even just like a truly responsive neurostimulation system will enable basically the field to expand much more and, and make sure we can provide uh, patients with a neurostimulation device they need. Wow, that's impressive. It seems like it's a win-win for all the stakeholders who are involved in the process. Absolutely. So I just had a curiosity because I was so touched and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are also touched by the story that you had with Nicole when you were getting your PhD. You know, if you could turn back the hands of time and Narara was available for Nicole, how do you think her life would have been different? Oh my God, would have been like night and day. Like, first, I think she would have been sent home. So, you know, she'll get into the hospital. They will like make sure that she's equipped with the right equipment. Then she's sent home. She's, you know, they record activity live, uh, all the data sent to the cloud. They can actually record activity from the brain when she's in her natural environment, not when she's in a hospital, stressed out, sleep deprived, etc. So they will get, you know, data from when she actually has seizures. And then the, the recording can go on for days or weeks, but it's much more tolerated by the patients because she wouldn't be stuck in a hospital. And then after that time, they will be able to actually define with more precision what type of treatment to provide to my friend, Nicole. I mean, like, you know, she was at the stage where she would have taken the surgery if it was the right thing. She would have taken neuromodulation if it was the right thing. But at least the doctors would have had an answer to tell, them, to tell her, okay, this is what we can do with you. We know that there were, you know, those type of seizures have been happening in a population of more than 100 patients. We have data from around the world that tell us that this is the best option for you. We're going to do the same thing. And knowing that she had the path forward, a path to actually be seizure-free down the line is how this platform will have changed her life. Oh, that's incredible. I wonder if we were to take, go back, since we're doing this time travel thing, what if back when she was a kid, so 20 years even earlier, if Narara had existed there? Because some of these patients with epilepsy or certain conditions, they start presenting with symptoms when they're children. How do you mm -hmm. think her life would have been different when she was, I don't know, a toddler or elementary age kid? and she could have had Narara back then? Well, again, that's a good question. And I think, you know, that would have been completely different. Imagine you could actually provide the right drug to the right patients and figure out how to make sure that the seizures don't evolve from being something called partial to partial complex and generalized. You know, seizures sometimes are a bit like a cancer. You want to get them as early as possible because it's before they spread too much. And if you can do that early on in the, in the child of, uh, of, you know, in the life of child, you can obviously uh, make sure that the situation doesn't deteriorate over time. And also, you know, if you think about the repercussions on the family and the system as a whole, that we don't get all impacted by this. Um, so we could have probably provided the right drugs or did through the right surgery early on, et cetera, et cetera, which you know, will have affected her life tremendously. She would have been able to have a job. She would have been able to drive. She would have been to you know, be just more normal, if I may say. Yeah, I think like, you know, we often say that like people who can be trusted have the actions that follow their words, right? And words come from the mind and probably come from feelings in your heart first. Well, I think in the same line, when you're a hard investors, you put your money and resources in what's, you know, what your heart is calling for. Uh, because it's meaningful, because it feels right. I mean, you know, if you, you think about you and I, Brian, like you and I, for example, we, we can't stay still or do nothing. We always have to look for like what's next. How can we change the status quo? How can we make this world a better place? How can we remove suffering? Um, and I think it, it goes deeper than that sometimes in how we can have a purpose in this life. 
Um, and I think when you are hard investors, you basically do the same thing, uh, but you also have the financial capabilities to do though and to invest. And so I think the same process goes in ahead is how can they help make this world a better place? How can they kind of bend the reality with their financial means uh, and, and do it for the better? So, you know, I think hard investment goes, goes way beyond a traditional just uh, financial investment for, for return, for financial returns. It is something that is bring purpose and, and meaning and meaning to our lives. Um, you know, they, they come with changes that are done with passions. Um, that's we, we just want to materialize something around us that is again meaningful. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.